0: Welcome to the Take 92 podcast. This is Sammy Warmhands. I'm your host. Today in the studio, I have my good friend Ben Polanski and his new bandmate, Corey. They're in a project called Era Coda. And I'm pretty stoked on it. Um, if you've been following me, I have been reopening Take 92, taking production work again, and they are uh, one of the artists I'm currently working with. So if you want some really cool, interesting, progressive rock music, Listen to this interview and listen to Ericota. Who the fuck are you guys?
1: We are Ericota.
0: I know, but like, one, what the hell is that? And two, um,
2: why haven't I seen you play? Okay, these are all really good questions. Um, <laughs> my name is Corey Winsco, and uh, I play guitar in Ericota. But- so, Aracoda—it's just two words. That I'm sorry, I'm I really sorry. Like I was really just setting up a joke here because. Yeah, I invited you. Yeah, with the he's answer invited to that question. me like numerous times, and I. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. But I haven't that's the gone.
0: Answer. No, that's that's what I was going for. Because um, you're was not beautiful. a good friend. You're beautiful. a bad
1: person.
2: Is the answer hurt me?
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Corey. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> so,
2: uh,
0: did you start this band?
2: I would say yes. This was my idea. They're so all yeah, going to hate sure. you for this <laughs> Yeah, this is my, my okay brain me. baby project, I suppose, whatever they say in that case. Um, I guess I was, uh, I used to play a lot of rock music years and years ago, and then I kind of took a break for, from it for a while, and I went into this bluegrass phase, and um, I moved to Nashville, and I was having a lot of fun playing uh, mandolin, actually, and then, uh, you know, all these events happened, and I ended up here in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I started working at a local music store, and all of my coworkers were really into the rock scene. And I was having these bluegrass gigs, and nobody was going. And I was going to their uh, rock <laughs> gigs, and I was like, man, these guys look like they're having a lot of fun. I'd really like to start doing that again. And then I met this cat, uh, Brian Sloss, and he started working there. And he was a really good keyboard player, and he was also uh, really good on the bass guitar, and I was like hey man we should start jamming together and we put together a a short set list um with this guy Josh on the drums and I suppose we played for a few months and then things didn't really work out between the three of us and Brian and I kept playing together and I never really wanted to have keys in the project um I wanted it to be more like a rock bass um Guitar band kind of thing. Yeah, just like your typical rock band, I suppose. Yeah. But
0: you had some pretty crazy instrumentation for a minute, right?
2: Well, I was playing the vibraphone for some time there, and I love the vibraphone. It's actually most likely my favorite sounding instrument. Yeah. So um, the thing about the vibraphone is it's it's not easy to transport, and I've never really been a vibraphonist. And it seemed like a lot of work. Right now, I'm in this spot where it's it's nice to just lug my guitar and my my amplifier around to gigs.
1: Yeah. Well, and he had a, an old converted vibraphone that he bought, like a pickup system and installed it. Yeah. So it was uh, pretty good for what it was, but it was just a lot of work and um, kind of fell apart sometimes just due to the nature of the beast. Of.
2: That's it. It was a mechanical beast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I just I remember seeing a video of you guys and and was really interested. And uh, I told Ben, I was like, dude. I want to hear more of this. I want
1: to steal you guys and bring in the studio and I want to rap over it. (laughs) I'll say that's the response I heard most of the time from it too because there's always people who look at it and go like, who wouldn't even necessarily hear it and just go, oh, vibraphone, what are they doing? But uh, generally from what I hear from people who listen to it, they all liked the sound, they liked what it added, often like an eeriness or just something different.
0: Yeah. So just recently though, um,
2: you started adding vocals to it. So what was... That's right. Well, if we if we keep let's stay in the past for just a second. God, what stay happened in the here? Past. Was uh Brian Brian started playing keys with the songs cuz it was just the two of us playing and he was able to hold down some some bass notes and stuff and harmonize with me playing on the guitar and stuff. And uh that's when I was like, you know, we we should really get a, a drummer and a bass player and see where we can go with this. We had a, we a couple ideas at this some, point. Yeah, we we'd always go jam do open mics and stuff like that. Um and we would put together these little these little sets that had some covers where we would kind of go our own ways and play instrumental versions of Beatles songs and stuff like that. And then uh we were we were starting to just have like ideas, more chord progressions and things like that, and harmony ideas and rhythmic ideas and not necessarily full songs. And um so that's when Ben here I you know, I met him at work, he would come in and he was uh, playing a, a bass guitar really well. And uh, that, that's how I kind of uh, started a band with Ben, also, it was
0: when I worked at a Guitar Center. He was always in there.
1: Uh, I, just do, I do other things too.
0: Yeah. But, but, but when you're used to hearing <laughs> pure shit all day, and then you hear that guy playing, you're like, oh, I need to talk to him.
2: It's refreshing. Yeah. It really is. Not that I
0: didn't know who you were already, but still, like, uh, yeah. I would just lurk in your general vicinity and, uh, tried to pretend that I was working and selling you something, <laughs> when uh, really I just, I just. He, he sold me a
1: bass. He, he managed to change. sell me a bass. Well, that's how it Fair happened. Way. I
2: actually, I did sell him a bass, and then and I uh, sent him a thank you for shopping with this email. I, like, and what, I made it really personal, and I said, Yeah, hey, I hope you really like that bass guitar. And I like the way you play, also. If you ever want to get together and jam sometime. and uh, When Brian Freeman. Also yeah. recommended that I play with him. He's like, I think it oh. would be a good fit. They're looking for a bass player. I think it would work, and I trust Brian's opinion. Yeah, yeah. and I never knew that. Oh, but uh okay. Also, I didn't, I didn't get a response to the email, though, but I ran into Dan at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then he kind of, like, maybe mentioned, maybe he did respond to the email, but he didn't say anything about, yeah, I'd like to jam. He was just like, oh, yeah, thanks for the bass. It's great. Well, I'm expecting yeah. it to be like, so would you like to buy
1: some strings or maybe yeah. an amp? That's what I, that's... Yeah. And the I get on like, page, <laughs> yeah. all right? right, guy. You're in my card file now.
0: <laughs> right. So, enter Ben Polanski, Now, at this point, does that change the 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 structural composition of the songs or? Or
2: what, what, what is your role coming in? Were you already playing with Alistair at that point? No, we found Alistair together. Uh, I can't remember, were you there the first time we played with him at Roadrunner Studios? Oh, you know, I think I was, because we played with a couple other people before that. That's right. Yeah, we tried a couple drummers out, and it was tough to find a drummer. We had yeah. these yeah. ideas of playing these, you know, intense time signature changes, rhythmic, you know... Fun stuff. The, the drummer has
1: probably, the, I think, like the physically the hardest job. I mean, generally they have the hardest job anyway. Yes. But especially with a music like this, I mean, there are times where what we're playing isn't necessarily too outside the box, but the demands on him are just very great in, in every sense, both physically and also keeping track of weird time signatures, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the drummer you have, um, just from, from what I've heard in, uh, you know, videos and, and these recordings uh, that you guys are working on, um, you know... Has also a really, really nice groove to back the whole thing. And not not just like following the changes and keeping um, up with you guys, but actually like really setting a nice pace.
1: He is an Um, extremely integral part, um, not just in general, but also I mean like the level of skill and groove and all that that he brings. He's a very well rounded player, not just well rounded, but extremely good as well. And without that, especially this kind of music, being an instrumental band first, like you, you can't have a shitty drummer. Yeah. It's just not going to work. I mean, that's what people are going to... Uh, the time is not there. This isn't working. Um, and we were just very lucky to find him. And he's he's only 19. He's at the... Well, he's, no, he's 20 now. He just turned 20. Um,
2: Alistair Gardner. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Alistair is his name. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is very talented. Yeah, yeah. I really like what I'm hearing so far.
1: But as far as the compositional stuff goes, I actually, kind of like what you and I used to do, um, I trusted both Corey and Brian's judgment as far as the... Not just the songs in general, because they were their songs at first, but I like to see, I would rather work with somebody else's ideas for a part and then embellish them or extrapolate them or work from them rather than just coming up with something on my own. That's never really been my thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like your best role, in my opinion, is is arranger. I think you're a, a really gifted uh, person for taking the the pieces and adding this dimension to it and kind of flushing out some some really nice transitions and that that sort of thing, um, as opposed to someone who sits down and... You know, I have these r- eight songs that I... albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always loved having you uh, around for that, that reason. Um, well,
1: and especially between the two of them, too, because I really like the songs they were writing, but also this is my first time playing with a keyboard player. So there's already so much going on, and I, I didn't want to step on anything, because that's another thing I've never really liked is having been this myself, bass players who overplay or play too much... You know. ...or or play, <laughs> play without uh, regard to the song. And since yeah. I thought their ideas were so good anyway, I just kind of wanted to see what they would um, suggest or what path they would put me on starting with. Well, that's
0: something that's interesting to me, is that, um, like, the music we grew up on, very aggressive. When you start going into other time signatures and more challenging arrangements and stuff, that usually means... That it is like the Mars Volta or, or or something like that that tends to be less accessible. Like the the more you tweak those kinds of things, the more you're you're trying to take everything and really push the limits for the listener. But I don't hear that with you guys. I hear it's where it's very much more atmospheric, moody kind of compositions over these interesting backdrops. Is that kind of the in- I mean am I am I getting that right am I reading that right is that your intent with these songs that it's not supposed to necessarily be mathy
2: it's just supposed to have something that's unique and and um I would hope at this point that is kind of it. We're we're trying to, you know, we do like to push our limits as musicians and and make it interesting for us because we're playing the same stuff over and over again, you know, when we're practicing each week, when we're playing it's these really gigs. Boring after a while. Yeah. So we for don't sure. yeah. we want to we want to keep it interesting for us, but we also want to keep it accessible. And I think that's the line we're trying to, you know, we're trying to find that space where it's accessible where we're not it doesn't seem like we're just trying to be out there, you know, cuz I don't think that's necessarily what we're doing. I think um there's possibly, you know, there's there's a time where music you haven't heard us play before, uh-huh. where some of our stuff was getting a little more out there. It was instrumental also, so yeah. I feel that it was m- more necessary for us because we weren't taking the kind of the post-rock uh, route where, you know, we got a, a slow, vibey feel that's going throughout the entire song and it builds it's and builds six and you can just sit two there and root
0: just, to yeah. it. Yeah,
2: um, We have, like, you know, the... The percussion is keeping things moving and flowing and things are going so I felt this uh, I felt that it was also always necessary to be changing what was happening and uh, add in weird stuff and I think that we're getting trying to get over that right now a little bit or I am personally in my writing and trying to say now how can I take it and make it to where these are songs that musicians and um, just the listeners who aren't necessarily musicians can enjoy as well because I felt that With some of our music, we were putting, personally, I was pouring everything I could into it, and I was putting all this time into it, and it wasn't being received by some listeners the way I was hoping it would. For instance, I I know we had this one song that was, you know, between five and ten minutes long, and it went through all these different time signatures, and it had these really intense harmonies, and it had kind of a, almost a classic, um... I'm not even sure exactly how to describe the. Feel, I think it probably got
1: like compared to yes sometimes like prog rock, but with some neoclassical stuff in there too. Okay. that would be a
2: neoclassical, I would say. And we'd play this at the at the club, you know, and and you got one guy who's <laughs> clapping, and then you've got a room that's full of people who look like they're confused. Really, and it's like I'm not I, sure what. I don't happened. know if that was really pleasant for them or not. And then I bust out a Leonard Skinnerd lick, in the <laughs> table right in front of us goes nuts. Like, uh-huh. oh, they're about to play this. And then I'm like... Ah, <laughs> Don't hurt. do that. that. <laughs> that yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been there, man. When you play something that it, it goes over people's heads, and then, like, the next song in your set just happens to be something that's, you know, more accessible or more, you know, something that you aren't as invested in, you know, and that's the thing that wins them over. You're like, fuck.
1: Yeah,
2: I've, I've always it. tried to
1: reassure the other way, too, because, like, I find myself... Um, very aware of that boredom that we get as we play or like we got to change this we got to do something more or that like you know they didn't feel it and in my mind I'm thinking they've never even heard this song before and there's like not one repeating part so they're probably not going to get it the first time yeah anyway these are the those I think they still are now but those songs especially when they were instrumental were very much the kind of songs that you need to hear on an album a few times and get familiar with it and that's not to say you couldn't appreciate certain parts but it's just not the same as having a familiarity with it.
0: Yeah, because it's that's the kind of thing where it's taking you somewhere, and it's a process and a journey, and it's not a setup and a punchline and a setup and a punchline, yeah. which is essentially verse-chorus-pop formula song. You know, you're 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 taking it somewhere else, and yeah, I do I do remember beginning to write songs like that that strayed from conventional uh, f- songwriting formula and people either being really into it or really not you know know. um i'm curious who do you guys find yourselves playing with are you the odd one out on a lot of shows or do you have bands that you feel um a kinship
2: with well i think it's so our new sound is so brian sloss is no longer uh playing with this anymore he's Uh moved and uh over the last few months we're coming up with a new set list as a three piece and we're also discovering that hey you know for i i personally enjoy uh instrumental music very much and my original plan for all of this was to be you know let's be in a, an instrumental band yeah and um you know ben has a great voice and i like it a lot and i like listening to him sing and i was thinking it'd be nice to to add some vocals to this music and uh maybe not necessarily every song but let's try it out and we did and i i really appreciate that for what it is and i think you know let's not limit myself or let me not limit myself um by thinking hey i want to be instrumental let's try this out let's put some vocals to it let me try to write up some lyrics in it and it gave me this new uh challenge a very yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a huge challenge for me i don't necessarily see myself as a uh you know a poet or a, a wordsmith at all but uh that being said i i'm finding that i'm enjoying this challenge and i think that it adds something different for us to you know a new obstacle for us to overcome as a group and i like where it's going so i think our new sound is going to be easier for us to find groups to play with in the past we did find some groups to play with mostly we would play with uh, other instrumental groups um and I felt like that would overall go pretty well. But a lot of times, yeah, it was more difficult. You know, I was thinking ahead and I was thinking, what uh, bands that are going to come through town would I like to try to get us on the bill yeah. with as we try to get out there at some of the bigger venues and stuff like that? And it was kind of difficult. And now I think that um, we do have the vocals and the music. I think that it's going to be a lot easier. Um, I think that there are more things that I listen to and say, I could see how we could relate ourselves to this group, or this particular group, you know. I
0: I see that too, man, because I, um, you know, like, I'm a lyricist first and foremost, and so the vocal is always very important to me. I don't listen to a lot of instrumental stuff, um, so I can... Uh, check it out and appreciate it and be like, wow, that's, that's really interesting what you guys are doing. But again, my first inclination was, oh yeah, I should get him in here so I could fucking put some vocals on it. <laughs> like that, you know, it's I want to rap on it, that's what I thought. And so like a- a- you guys adding this uh, other other dimension to, to me anyway has made it more accessible and I didn't really know what, not to get too far ahead of myself in the interview, but I didn't really know what I was going to hear when you guys came in to do these vocal songs. Um, and found us really liking it, and it kind of getting stuck in my head, you know, and and just in the short amount of time we spent on it, you know, actually being really excited about this project. So um, I I hope that that it will turn on more people and open those doors, you know, for for shows and 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 venues and other bands, because I, I I think it's great. It's not like you just slap some shit on top. Like if there's a lot of thought put into it, you know. They're interesting melodies. They're interesting lyrics, you know?
1: Well, and my thought, too, was, I mean, just an instrumental music... Instrumental music in general is a harder sell. Um, The market for it is smaller. Uh, And and I've always thought that everyone is a singer. Like, everyone's skill level is different, but that's an instrument that everyone has an intimate relationship from the moment they can talk. And so when they see someone else sing, they immediately connect with that. But, like, five people immediately connect with someone playing a bass guitar or something like that. It's just not the same. And... uh, but I do appreciate with Corey um, writing the lyrics and also the hooks and m- the melodies. I mean, Corey writes a lot of the stuff that I feel like it because it fits well with it. It's almost like a gateway to the weirdness of the music or the unconventional aspects of the music. Yeah, you're, like,
0: you're hooking them in.
1: Yeah, and then like and then later, maybe the fourth or fifth time, you go like, oh wow, that was the way. Everything else is going on here is very interesting in a way that maybe I would not have given at the time of day. If I wasn't like shouting over the top of it, or... yeah.
0: Well, and 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 you're not shouting. You're 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 doing very um, nuanced, um, intricate, sometimes melodies, and I think people are are going to be caught by the um, the initial impression of that vocal, and the more times they hear it, and and the more times they see the show, um, you, you're going to be uncovering layers and layers of you know, musical complexity that that is going to give you guys a lot of lasting replay value, I feel like, you know, because um, when you're an instrumental band, again, this is not my expertise here, but like in my uh, limited view, I would say as an instrumental band, you're kind of putting it all out there up front. Maybe you are centered around a soloist or something, you know, uh, like in jazz or something, there's an instrumental group that's based around the saxophone or something like that. That's a different sort of thing. But with your an instrumental rock band, you know, you're kind of laying it all out. Um, so I think this does give another chance to hook in some passers-by and then give them like, oh, shit, I haven't heard anything quite like that, you know, um, as opposed to them walking up and going, what is this <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's the same music yeah you know yeah. It's, but but you're getting that different reaction because that you've you've sweetened it it was like I was I was having a, a political disagreement with a friend last night about Chris Rock on the, the Oscars or whatever and and I was like, here's what you have to understand though about comedy is that he's taking a conversation that no one would want to have like he because it's so serious and so touchy and so controversial and if you make a joke about it and people can laugh and let their guard down then they can actually, that's in your head now and you're going to think about it and maybe you're going to argue about it later with somebody and you'll have a conversation. and. You're kind of opening that subject that
1: no one would have approached. So you're saying uh, my singing is like Chris Rock? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying
0: saying your singing is a fucking joke. Okay. But But you know what I'm saying? Like you're taking something that is not the most universal, appeal, popular uh, kind of music and you're opening a door to that.
2: That's how I see it. But I'm curious now, you write the lyrics. That's right. And um, I write the vocal melodies and this this gives us a... You know, so we have we don't have the biggest set put together right now over like the last six years. songs This is, right this now is, this awesome. is all. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe
1: one or two old ones reworked a little bit
2: with with you helping us out and, and recording these vocals for us. I think you, you know, firsthand got to see one of the one of the obstacles we have to overcome now with this is the fact that I'm writing these vocal melodies and um Anybody listening, I'm sure you can tell that Ben's voice is much deeper than mine is, and his, <laughs> yes. and his singing voice is—you know—his his range is much lower than mine. Mm-hmm. And so I present him something to sing, and and uh, then I go, "No, I can't sing any of this." Yeah, <laughs> and then it changes—not yeah. not my range at all. So, so we have to kind of you know figure out ways around that. But you know, again, that's that's one of Ben's specialties is taking something that you present to him and and putting his twist on it. And that's yeah,
1: that's the thing I like to do. And I and I'm I. I value this setup we have so much, because I really do think, not just with the two of us, but with the three of us, there's definitely, like, a... You're talking about you, two, and me? You No, not you. Yeah, you're not, we, these have been great sessions, not, I thought. Shut up. <laughs> no, uh, with Alistair and the two of us, not you. Oh. Um, there's definitely, like, a one-eats-the-lean, one-eats-the-fat kind of thing. I think there's a very good dynamic, and maybe I'm just happy because, like, I get to do the things I want to do and not do the other things. Um, But, no, I do think it works really well. I mean, I like, feel like this is something where even if we don't necessarily shoulder the entire workload the same, we all bring something different to it.
0: Says the guy who
1: does nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he drove me here tonight.
0: (laughs) He even picked you up. Yeah, he did. Wow. You are the band leader. Man.
1: But, I mean, I will say that it was even like that with Brian, too. I mean, I thought everyone brought something interesting. But, thankfully, I think we still do that. I really like playing this stuff. Um, fun.
0: So, I, I am curious, though, with your background in, like, bluegrass and uh, that, that kind of music, a lot of it is, um, you know, storytelling, uh, vocal songwriting. Did you not have any of that in your, like,
2: bluegrass music? I feel like in the bluegrass music, it was a little different what I was going for. Uh, with the lyrics, so. But were you singing then, or? Oh man, anybody can sing bluegrass. <laughs> well, hey, I'm a punk singer. Okay? Like, I don't to fuck off well, with then that. you did it.
0: anyway. <laughs> like, but I mean, you because you said this is a, a new challenge. You're trying something new, but uh, I also got maybe a hint that that you have done this before.
2: Oh yeah, I've absolutely, I've absolutely um, written lyrics and and sang and done folkier stuff. So what what differs in your approach then versus now in terms of vocals and lyrics? I think that I'm not trying to tell a story so much and I'm not trying So what I really like about vocal music is the fact that the listener really gets to interpret it however they want to interpret it. Mm. And I think that's something I'm trying to accomplish with my lyrics these days is I want to give you something that's vague enough that you can kind of interpret it and put it to your life and decide how that's going to make you feel rather than letting me tell you how to feel. And, uh, and I don't want to write lyrics. You know, There's there's been people like, you know, Bob Dylan, who they write great songs and they have a lot of meaning and stuff. And that's not really what I'm going for right now. I'm going for more, I want the poetic approach to it.
0: Yeah. I, well, and like I said, when you came over last week or a couple weeks ago, whenever that was, and I first heard what you guys were doing, and um, I was like, man, that's some Aesop rock shit. And uh, we we watched that video for uh, uh
2: rings yeah um, i used to draw hard to admit that i used yeah, to. Draw. yeah yeah like
0: uh and you're like i never heard this guy but uh it, it reminded me of that in a way that um like the more times you hear it the more you're kind of uncovering little things in there you know um, but it's not like like the shit i write is just like bashing you over the head with whatever it is mm-hmm. in the most literal sense you know so uh it's kind of fun for me to work on projects like this where it's it's uh, uh, a little more Open to interpretation, and it's really just—it's um, just adding dimension to the mood that you've presented, you know, kind of with the with the with the guitars and everything.
1: Well, I think it lends itself well to not to say because there are plenty of bands that write like very literal, straightforward lyrics that also have very complex music. Yes. But I like the more um, open to interpretation, more abstract, ambiguous in the combination of weirder music. I, I, just, yeah. I think it works well that way. Versus like a band like Propaganda or something like that where it's like the music is complex, but also you could it would just be an essay that you yeah. can just read independent of the music entirely.
0: Whoa, I just had, just had like an internal fart. I was like <laughs> holding it in and then it just, it, yeah, it felt like my phone vibrated or something.
2: He's going to burp in a couple minutes. <laughs> so No, my phone didn't vibrate. I just, I think that came up inside me. Wow. All right. Well, that was interesting um so that's some other fun stuff that uh i think that ben's taking the taking the lyrics and he wants to approach it as you know his voice is an instrument and he likes to you know flourish things on the bass here and there and he's doing that with his voice as well he doesn't want to take it on and just do a straightforward ap- approach he wants to make it fun and he wants to also make it challenging for himself
0: well yeah um, and your bass playing has been way more um dialed back on this stuff.
1: I still think um, restraint is the height of artistry, in my opinion, and that's because I'm lazy, it's partially it, but I think, like, what you can say by not saying things, I think that's, that's the challenge I'm going for in general, despite the flourishes and stuff like that. Well, and
0: uh, what's, what's cool to me, though, is that you're coming up with these really interesting vocal melodies, well, I guess Corey is, but um, that you're presenting these really interesting vocal melodies and playing a more supportive role in your actual instrument which is kind of the opposite you're normally the guy who stays off the mic and you know plays the uh the busy counter melody or Mm -hmm. something like that so it's 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 kind of cool to see you actually just doing melody
1: and a little backbone well i think it's been fun too because it's let me have let me treat the sections of the song as distinct parts so like, I'm not singing here, and this is more bridge, so I'll do something flashier, busier here. But this whole section, I'm like, I'm singing a melody over the whole thing. I don't really need to be doing that much. Yeah. Because the guitar is already doing something interesting, and the drums are already doing something interesting. I'll just emphasize the rhythm and let the chord be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what bass is for a lot of music. It doesn't have to be more than that, I don't think.
0: So, you guys have one recording out now, right? And that was uh, some instrumental stuff, some of the early stuff, right? That's right.
2: And yeah, just a little demo we did, five songs.
0: Now, um, tell me about this new record. You said this is a split EP?
2: That's correct. Yes, uh, so we're we're going in uh, with a band called Spiller, uh-huh. and uh, they're also an organ-based band. They're indie rock. They play, you know, I think we're going to be a good fit with them, our new stuff is, and we're going to do a miniature tour. We're going to go up Sweet. to uh, Portland, Seattle, Some hit a couple places in Washington and stuff. Um, this March, and so that was their idea. Actually, they invited us to come along. They asked us, "Hey, would you guys like to record a couple songs, throw it on a CD? We'll th- record a couple songs. And let's go play some shows." Neither one of us have really taken uh, the groups we're in now out of the state or anything like that. Yeah. We want to go have some fun, and we said, "Hell, absolutely." Awesome. So um, you guys are each doing like three songs, is that right? We're going to mm-hmm. keep it
0: two songs each two, on this. Two songs each. Yep. Okay. And uh, you got a B
2: side then? 'Cause we did three. Yeah, we're so we don't have any of our new material out yet, so we're gonna you know, we're gonna release two songs on this EP and then we're gonna find another way to release the third song.
1: Cool. I'm thinking like player piano reel or <laughs> holographic trading card, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Something that nobody else is doing, right? Yeah, now. Yeah, really special. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate that. Um, so do you know when
2: this is gonna drop if you already have uh, some some Shows lined up? Yeah, uh, March 18th. March 18th. Where can they find it? Well, you're going to be able to find it on our website. Uh, That's eracoda.com. E-R-A-C-O-D-A dot com. Yeah. Sweet. So that's probably the best place to look. Cool. March 18th. Check
0: that out. Um, I'm going to go and make tacos and kick you assholes out of my house. (laughs) Fair enough. um, Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands, and I hope you liked that one. I had a good time with it. It was right after we finished recording, and, uh, you know, I was kind of messing with them a little bit. Like I said, I go way back with Ben. Uh, Speaking of messing with them, I went to Aracoda.com. The new stuff's not there. I went to their Facebook. It's not there. I don't know where it is, but what I do know is that I have one of the finished songs for you now. So... Let's check it out, it's called the Catalyst of Light.
3: It's a structural imitation that bears its meaning of lasting thoughts, improbable, a deliberate scheming atmosphere. pieces Instant prayer to peril reason at my spirit. Auto, I left it residual, grinning, a barren, wasted, all antiquated, and primitive, disheveled state of a
0: the hell was that? It's like the shortest episode yet. It's like less than a half an episode. But don't worry. I got plenty more up the sleeve. Next one's going to be pretty cool, I think. Totally different angle on the industry. Plus, my book is coming out. Expanded edition of Famous Last Words. Ten years of Take 92 music. That comes out on Friday the 1st. I'm going to be playing at the Wow Hall on the 31st with B. Dolan from Strange Famous. I got two new music videos out, the latest a lyric video for God Paparazzi, a brand new cut, uh, my kind of takedown on organized religion. And if you missed it just a couple weeks ago, dropped a new one called Morning. It's the Sapient Remix. It's from Vacant Eyes. It's, uh, it's designed to look like a one-take music video, and uh, it's super cool. So go to my YouTube, video.take92.com. Check that out. Check out the book at take92.com. I got plenty of good stuff for you. And uh, another episode in the works.